episode 50, chapter 5 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lamberth. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today we are here with our follow-up Friday segment, and if you can see, maybe you're listening to it on a podcast player, but if you're watching it on YouTube, then you obviously notice that Josh and I are on video today. Yes, <laughs> the video podcast could be coming back. This is kind of a test run to see what everything looks like, if we like it, if this is uh, sustainable. Um, so, so, yeah. If you're listening to this on a podcast player, go check it out on YouTube and at least let us know what you think. And uh, if you want to see more content like this, it'd yep. be really helpful. <laughs> it would be. We'll bring it to you. <laughs> we'll give you all the content you want. We're following up with Justin Zarati about his book, Made for These Times, and his work with These Numbers Have Faces. And this was a really, really great conversation. Number one, I just love talking with Justin. Like He's a really fun guy to talk to, really engaging. Yeah, just, just his passion like and energy. you've known him for years, and you just sit down and have a conversation with him. Yeah, and so it's always a, it's always a joy to talk with guests that are uh, like that, and many of, many of our guests are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Justin's just a, a great guy to talk to. Um, and man, he challenged me in so many ways uh, over the course of this conversation, and then especially over the course of uh, uh, reading his book. I don't really know where to begin <laughs> about how to follow up anywhere. I think let's let's talk maybe about uh, big strokes as far as the themes that came out in this episode. Um, we knew we wanted to talk with Justin because a lot of the stuff in his book, although he's focusing on um, you know entrepreneurial stuff and a startup guide to calling, like it instantly show it it becomes really clear really fast how much you cannot jump all the way to step four, serving with purpose and following your vocational call without having done the other three steps in front of it. Yep, yep. And really, I mean, we've, we've known all along that it's about identity and relationships. And I think the cool thing is that the more people we talk to, the more we realize that really as adults, we get into our, into our 20s and we have these moments where we're like, oh, we're going to go conquer the world and we're going to do all these big, great things for the kingdom of God or for ourselves if we're not really <laughs> focusing on the right things. Uh, but then we have this moment, mid, late 20s, early 30s, where all of a sudden we realize, I can't do it this way and it's just not going to work. And all of a sudden you have an identity crisis because the work that you were doing was validating who you thought you were, and you have to decide, well, am I going to continue being that person, or am I going to be the person that God says I am? Mm -hmm. And am I going to be a person who is satisfied with what he's given me? Yeah. Which is a totally different way to look at doing big things for Jesus. Yeah. And it's really, it's still a really tricky process that we're trying to figure out. I mean, me especially, I think at least every other week I'm you know, coming to you and talking to you about something related Regularly. to this issue, yeah, and, uh, because it's so easy to get trapped in the space and, and the way of thinking that, um, well, if I'm doing these things, then the things that I do are who I am, because I'm the yep. guy that does those things. Yep. Like that, that's how you start defining your identity. But it's so helpful and refreshing to read a book like this. And, and again, I, I love the uh, it's 
we hit it pretty much in every chapter, just about in, in our intros and outros. We did, um, yeah. <laughs> to talk about this idea between resume virtues and eulogy virtues. I think that helps put things in perspective a whole lot. Like I yep. love being versus doing. It's great to talk about, but it's they're pretty abstract concepts, especially being. Yeah. By definition, yeah. it's kind of an abstract concept. But um, thinking about the things like it, you can simply ask yourself, am I trying to do this thing so that I can add it to my resume. And then because it's added on my resume, people will like me more or think I'm more important or something like that. That can be a really good red flag for saying, wait a second, need to pause, slow down, back up and evaluate what's really going on here in my life to, to really understand why am I pursuing the things that I'm pursuing? Mm -hmm. In this case, maybe it's trying to, you know, make sure an organization is, you know, well-funded and, and, and people can go to school. All of those things, great things to do, right? We're worried every single week about producing a podcast episode. Yep. But we struggle and we have to make sure that we come back to the thing that like what we do, even this podcast, and hopefully it serves many people, is not who we are. Yeah. It becomes an extension, an outflow of who we are. And, and I think really one of the things that struck me during this conversation with Justin um, is thinking of being and doing or resume and eulogy virtues in terms of relationships. Uh, we can get really caught up in doing things and putting things on our resume. And we can get so caught up in those things that we disconnect them from the relationships and the people they're actually serving. Mm -hmm. Where if we focus more on those eulogy virtues, those things are just by nature relational. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot more difficult to separate those from the people that we're actually working with and serving. And so if we, if we can make a shift and start thinking of investing into these eulogy virtues and growing in the everyday moments of life in those areas, you can't help but do those kind of things in relationship with other people, Yeah, which is like identity, practicing the basics, walking with someone, serving with purpose, all rolled up into one. That's it's right. like a nice package. Yeah. And the irony is, is the more you focus on the eulogy virtues, I think the better outfitted your resume is going to be. Yeah, because you're building on those everyday moments of life. If, like, uh, like we talked about in, uh, in chapter four, if you, if you take the time to invest in putting your shopping cart back or uh, smiling at the people that you're walking by in the store or being kind to your coworkers, stuff like that, being faithful in those things over a lifetime is a big, big thing. Yeah. And that's a whole lot of doing. That's a whole lot to put on your resume. <laughs> yeah. And all you did was focus on the everyday moments of life. That's right. It's those small, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of the quote um, uh, from, from Gandalf in, in uh, the movie, The Lord of the Rings. It's the small, little, everyday moments. I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm going to appropriate the quote. I'm going <laughs> to not get it correct. Um, that he thought brought about the greatest change in the world as it, as opposed to Sauron's, you know, big, great, powerful displays of strength, which again, I'm naturally drawn towards, but, but I'm, that's why the hobbits took the ring to Mordor. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that kind of leads into the other thing that I found really helpful with this, uh, in this conversation with Justin. Um, here we have a guy who spent more than a decade investing into a company that he founded and he's now faced with this decision to step back from that company entirely. Mm -hmm. And as he mentioned, I mean, that was a, a real identity crisis for him. He poured so much of who, who he was into this company, and now he was giving it up. Yeah. Um, 
But what he found in that was something so powerful because God called him to rest. Mm -hmm. And it really resonated with me because here he is in his backyard creating Endor, a place where he can just go (laughs) and relax and be. Yeah. I find that I find that really, really encouraging when I'm tempted to think that every single season of my life has to just be a constant go, 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 go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I must confess on the podcast before you and our audience and God and everyone, I'm not, I'm just a little jealous of Endor. Like I want my own personal Endor. Like anyway, <laughs> I'm going to go build one at some point. <laughs> um, you know, but we've each experienced similar transitions in our lives. Uh, maybe not to the point where we've built a company over 10 years and had to, had to give it up. Um, but obviously you're very open about your, your story of, uh, leaving global, going to Iowa and then coming back. I think there was two transitions in there that you, you had to cope with both yeah. times. Um, but I'm also thinking about our transition from doing uh, or out of doing theology in progress. And although like for various reasons we had to give that up, that was not a very easy thing because both of us had pieces of our identity wrapped up in there. I mean, that, that was represented. Our first, that was yeah, our first baby. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and we had a lot of time and effort wrapped up into that thing. Yeah. And we took about a year and a half or two years, I forget exactly what it is, off. But during that time off, God was doing something really deep in our hearts. Like we yep. never lost that passion for yeah. doing podcasting, for for creating uh, content and resources to, to help people grow in their walk with God. And eventually it birthed daily growth discipleship. And so um, what we're able to do now is an outgrowth of our time of resting, although it, sometimes it doesn't feel like rest because we were kind of forced to take a break because of chaos in our life. We were. <laughs> um, but that's but that's you know different seasons of life give way to different seasons of life and so yeah. where we needed to rest in doing like what is largely our side gig is this doesn't pay the bills for us uh, we needed to focus on our our primary job for the time being and so and then we've been able to uh, transition back a little bit more even though I don't think the chaos ever stopped <laughs> no, I think I think the, I think so, the passion for this just burned brighter yeah, the question is did we actually learn <laughs> from that season of of not doing as much and I don't know sometimes I feel like we have sometimes I feel like we haven't God's sovereign anyway he can he's patient and he continues to train and lead us and guide us and absolutely man I thank God we don't have to have it all figured out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's like today, like when we're we're coming up and we're setting up a video studio and we're trying this thing out. Like we're having fun. Yeah. If nothing else, we had fun doing it, and yeah. so I think that's a uh, a good testament to uh, and, and maybe a good barometer for you know, are you following God's path for your life? Like, are you enjoying it? It's not that you're going to enjoy it every single time. Yeah, not but- that it has to be. Ha- not that you have to find happiness in every single moment of it. Yes, exactly. It's joy. It's a fulfillment and. Yep. I find this very satisfying, even though it's at times painful kind of a thing. And that's another paradox that we we touched on in this uh, conversation with Justin, is that the happiest moments in our, in our life often come from those times when we do experience some level of struggle. Like, no struggle at all is incredibly boring. And, um, and you never grow. And you never grow, exactly. Like, you need to be pushing on the edge of your comfort zone if you really want growth to take place. And I've come to believe, and at least for my own life this is true, and I think it is true for for all of human life, is that without a certain level of growth and then therefore that that tension that's pushing you to grow, like you're just not going to find satisfaction and happiness. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just not going to be there. You know, it's funny. I was uh, 
I'm actually reading through the Silmarillion, and uh, I got to the point where uh, Tolkien is describing how um, men were created differently from elves. Elves were created to live immortal through the entire existence of Arda and just kind of be content with that. Whereas men, they were given very short lifespans, but they they were created to have desires beyond Arda, always wanting to move into something more, always wanting to gain something more and grab something more. And so men are created with this desire to, to always do something else beyond. And there was this inherent struggle created within them that was always going to put them at odds with everything else in, in nature, in, uh, in Tolkien's world, and at odds with the elves, and uh, just because they were looking for something more. Uh, but because of that, they had this ability to grasp things in creation in a way that the elves couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's a really great observation on Tolkien's part, because we really do grow best when we're struggling in some way or another. And I don't think we, our entire lives are meant to be a struggle, but there's this good, God-given aspect that, we're, uh, that we have that is made to work better when we're pushing through yeah. something. Yeah. It, since, we're, since we're digging in on the nerd culture stuff, I'll talk about my example of uh, The Matrix. And I love that exam- um, Agent Smith is talking to Morpheus at the sort of almost the end of the first one, and he's talking about the different versions of the Matrix that have produced. And the first version was a perfect paradise. And, (laughs) you know, whole crops of humans were lost because they couldn't accept that life could be that perfect. Like, there's just something about life that if we just were able to actually sit on the couch forever, like, there's part of us that dies. We become less human. We, we really, that's when real depression and things like that can set in. And instead there needs to be some sort of struggle. And so for, you know, the machines and the matrix, they devised this whole idea of we would give them just enough hope that they could get out of the matrix, that it would sort of, it would be that struggle. It would represent that, that system. And, uh, but, but for us, man, it, like, we don't have to invent that. Number one, sin and everything else exists in, in our life that causes that struggle. And in, in Christ, that's the stuff that Christ wants to genuinely overcome. But I, I think partially due to sin and then partially just it, it's how God designed us as being human, we are always going to be pushing up against pieces of ourselves that we didn't realize were there that we can grow because they're there. Like, they're, we're going to have an ego that. In every season, in every phase of our life, that we're going to need to conquer and overcome. And again, like ego is a great one because it always hides. And is the moment you think that you've got it licked and you've finished is the moment that a new bout is about to you begin. Missed it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, um, but like again, like sin is at the root of that thing, but it's not necessarily because of a sinful action of somebody doing it against you. But like if you're gonna be Justin and you're gonna build the company, you're gonna have to struggle deeply with your ego and make sure that there's moments when you can say, wait a second, I need to step back out of this thing. It's not about me. It's more about the good that the, the company, the organization, or, or whatever the situation is that, that's going on. And so that's going to be a moment for growth. Sin isn't necessarily directly involved in that moment. At that moment, it's just you needing to learn good Christ-like character and say, wait a second, this moment isn't about me. How can I see God's will and God's glory be done in this moment? 
So that's just an example. Um, but I think that's a really powerful way of thinking about growth, even in times when you think growth doesn't matter. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Justin's work, check out justinzarati.com. If you like what you've heard this week, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast player you use. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.